0: This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website, william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message.
1: When William Branham preached the Africa Trip Report in 1953, He describes bunking with a man by the name of Brother Showman, and in his description he almost slips up on recorded tape and almost exposes a secret that has been kept hidden from the cult followers until this date. He says this, and so the next day, Brother Showman going up, which he was, He belonged to the Apostolic Faith Missions of Africa. And Branham says, And he was the president of the, of my group. He pauses there. He says, And he was a national committee. Now notice the slip-up. He starts to say, He was the president of the, blank, but then he changed it to, of my group. The Apostolic Faith Missions, or the AFM, was a worldwide mission to spread the teaching that came out of the Azusa Street Revival. By 1950, the power of this international force had grown so strong in South Africa that they had a political stronghold powerful enough to change society. Before 1950, the AFM had what it seemed to be simple motives. The AFM started establishing churches and support groups to spread the Pentecostal faith, which included the spiritual gifts that came out of the Azusa Street revivals. But almost immediately after the war, the AFM made several drastic changes. The largest and the most important changes was his attitude towards war and politics the changes were spearheaded by an unofficial group of young pastors and though this name was not known in America and William Branham was careful not to let it slip the name of this group was commonly known in South Africa as the New Order. The New Order wanted to improve the image of AFM in society. This group was made up of names that the cult of William Branham are very familiar with like David Duplessis as well as this brother showman that William Branham was referring to. Until the, new world, until the new order was established, the AFM were pacifists. They were trying to spread the spiritual gifts <clears throat> without interfering in African, South African culture and society. The early AFM movement was a people's movement. and the early Pentecostals, fresh from the Azusa Street Revival, were spreading ideas that knew no racial barriers. But the new order had an agenda of power. And to gain that power, they must align with the South African government. And that relationship was created between the AFM and the South African government, and it would, end the, it would mark the ending of pacifism and would begin spreading racial discrimination. It was so strong a change, that even the new order distanced himself from the other spreading the Azusa street revival teachings in South Africa those already established would be commonly known as the old order as compared to the new order and the separation between the old order and the new order grew blatantly obvious over time this change would be a setback to human rights movements for years to come you see political power also meant political unity and as the AFM entered the mission of swaying the South African government they began to align their teachings to match the agendas of the current government and at that time and because of the war South African government was strongly opposed to communism not just what we would consider and is commonly known as communism but this included any political agenda against the changes of society and culture of South Africa. One of these political changes battled by the South African government and the AFM was apartheid, which the South Africans called racial segregation. The AFM and the South African government did not want to integrate the blacks and the whites. In a personal letter to a reformed theologian, theological student, Not long before William Branham's South African trip, David's brother J.T. Duplicis condemned the earlier apolitical stance of the AFM. The Azusa Street Revival that spawned the AFM brought some very, very bad fruit. Almost every branch that came from that root resulted in either a religious cult or sexual deviance or worse. The Apostolic Faith Movement was started by Charles Fox Parham. Parham quickly spread AFM through Missouri and Texas and Kansas, and like his predecessor John Alexander Dowie, Parham promoted himself as Elijah the Prophet. During a media frenzy and criminal charges of sodomy, which was a felony, Parham reported back to Zion, Illinois. After his meeting in Zion, Parham resigned from the AFM and passed the torch to William Seymour. But even under Seymour, men and women involved in the Azusa Street Revival were divided. In fact, four separate Pentecostal organizations were formed over these divisions, the Church of God, the Church of Christ, the Assemblies of God, and the United Pentecostal Church. Unscriptural movements, such as the Holy Laughter and the Slain in the Spirit, all came from Azusa. There are many heresies churned up by this movement, and many were swayed from their Christian faith into something else by the signs and wonders that came from the root of their branches. When those involved in the Asusa Street started speaking in tongues, others started claiming that the evidence of the Holy Spirit in the life of a Christian was speaking in tongues and even Seymour himself was questioned until he had the gift but Christians back then were more thrilled with the evidence than of the scriptures describing the gift many were speaking in unknown languages with no interpreter which is against the teachings of Paul out of this root produced many branches of cults that came with many doctrinal beliefs that the cult followers of William Branham will quickly recognize. Many of these heretical beliefs from the Azusa Street Revival are falsely taught as divine inspiration in the cult leaders that came from the branches of this root. In fact, if you ask any cult member in the message of the hour, which is the cult of William Marion Branham, they will tell you that Branham himself brought these teachings to restore the hearts of the children to the fathers they do not realize that these are heretical beliefs and they're based on twisted scriptures and deny Christ which they claim to worship each false doctrine is a distractor either denying the supreme deity of Christ or turning the Christ of the focus of Christ to the cult leader Listen to these heresies that came out of the Azusa Street Revival and see if you recognize any of them when you were in the cult of William, Mary, and Branham. And count the number of those that you were told that came directly from the angel that William Branham claimed to serve. Here are some examples. The doctrine of the Trinity is demonic. Christ did not exist before Mary, therefore there is no eternal sonship. Jesus Christ himself was the Father, which kind of contradicts with the first one I made. Jesus Christ is the only person of the Trinity, but appears in three modes at three different times. Baptism must be in the name, in Jesus' name. Faith healing is a part for God's plan, for redemption. Faith healing. Another one, pre-tribulation rapture which stems from roots even far earlier than Azusa Street. The Bible tells us not to be held captive by sensations, or what these cults call signs and wonders. Instead, the Bible tells us to test the spirits and see if they are from God. One tool given to us to test the spirits is to examine the branches and see if the root is from God. The cult following of William Branham is just one of many branches that has produced bitter-tasting fruit, and is not of God. And oddly, the core of the root is woven in a trail through history that does not stop with the Azusa Street Revival. Before Azusa, there was Dowie and the Zionist movement. Before Dowie was John Nelson Darby and the Brethren Cult. The list goes on and on throughout time, all the way back to the Garden of Eden and the serpent. The problem with these cult movements is that the leaders themselves are enticed with other spirits, and after seeing the signs and the wonders in their lives they start claiming to be teachers. And William Branham was no different. In the beginning he did not claim to be a teacher or a prophet. He was just praying for the sick. But later in life he started reteaching the doctrines of Dowie. James chapter 3, puts this into very good perspective. James writes, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in any word, then he is a perfect man, also able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits into horses' mouths, that they might obey us and we turn their whole body now think of that if someone had of simply put a bit in william branham's mouth and he simply went around helping others instead of teaching the doctrine of dowie this world would be a much better place james continues he says look also at ships All they are although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things look how great a forest a little fire kindles and the tongue is a fire a world of iniquity the tongue is also set among our members so that it defiles our whole body and sets on fire the course of nature And it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. Now those that came from the Azusa Street revival were tossed about by every wind once the gifts started disappearing they went seeking after more gifts that search brought them into new false doctrines the same has happened within each cult church the followers of William Branham do not see massive campaigns with the faith healing any longer so they turn over to other false teaching and the doctrine spread about the cult churches of today are not even close to the doctrines in 1965, when William Branham died. James continued, talking about our speech. He says, with it we bless God, listen to this, we bless our God and the Father, and with it we curse men, who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. He says, Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? He asks, Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or grapevine bear figs? He says, Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Now these are words of wisdom and words that every cult follower should pay very close attention to no spring yields both salt water and fresh water when you see the bitter fruits that came out of the roots of the Azusa Street Revival and you think that your particular branch is sweet you must ask yourselves is it really sweet to God how can a branch produce both sweet fruit when it stems from the likes of a false prophet john alexander dowie and sweet fruit while cult pastors will tell you that searching out the false teachings and the failed prophecies of william branham they'll call this worldly wisdom and they'll tell you that you must accept his failures by faith alone we find that james gives a very different instruction james asked them Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of what? Of wisdom. He says, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. He says, this wisdom does not descend from above, but that wisdom is earthly and sensual and demonic. And James has just openly condemned William Branham. Cult pastors cannot barricade the massive force of evidence that is surrounding William Branham's many lies about his past, his boasting of non-existent supernatural events, and the complete fabrication of stories to gain sympathy. These things, uttered from the the mouth of William Branham, that are on recorded tape for all to listen to, are boastful. They are lies which is against the truth. And James has just stated that these words that came from William Branham's mouth was demonic and worldly. So you may ask yourself, why would William Branham do this? Let's let James answer this question himself. The last part of the chapter he writes, where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. He says but wisdom from above is first pure then peaceable gentle willing to yield full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy i'm going to read that sentence again because i want you to examine what you're being taught right now he says but the wisdom that is from above is first pure then peaceable gentle willing to yield full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace so the question that I'll leave you with today is this have you examined the other branches that came from your root Have you examined the false teachings of John Alexander Dowie, who also promoted himself as the Malachi 4 prophet? Or Charles Fox Parham, another Malachi 4 prophet? Or any of the other cult prophets claiming to have the return of Elijah? The fruit from the bad tree is only sweet if you have never tasted the fruit from a good tree once you taste the good fruit that comes from those who do not stray from the word of god you can never go back to eating this bitter nasty fruit which fruit are you eating today